Section nine of Under Drake's Flag A Tale of the Spanish Main. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Under Drake's Flag A Tale of the Spanish Main by G. A. Henty. Chapter eight The Forest Fastness. It was with a feeling of triumph, indeed, that the negroes, after gaining their own fastness, looked back at the sky lighted by the distant conflagration they had now for the first time inflicted such a lesson upon their oppressors as would make a deep mark they felt themselves to be really free and knew that they in their turn had struck terror into the hearts of the spaniards retiring to the depths of the forest great fires were made sheep fowls and other articles of provision which had been brought back were killed and prepared huge bonfires were lit and the party secure that for twenty-four hours at least the spaniards could attempt no retributive measures sat down to enjoy the banquet they had driven with them a few small bullocks and also some scores of sheep these however were not destined for the spit they were to be placed in the heart of their country so that unless disturbed by the spaniards they might prove a source of future sustenance to them there was wild feasting that night with dances and songs of triumph in the negro and native dialects and ned and gerald were lauded and praised as the authors of the change which had taken place in the condition of the fugitives even the stern severity of ned's act was thoroughly approved and it was agreed again that any one refusing to obey the orders of the white chiefs should forfeit his life the blow which the negroes had struck caused intense consternation throughout hispaniola the younger and more warlike spirit were in favor of organizing a distant crusade for sending to the other islands for more troops for surrounding the forest country and for putting the last of the negroes to the sword more peaceful counsels however prevailed for it was felt that the whole open country was as ned had told the governor at their mercy that the damage which could be inflicted would be enormous and the satisfaction of putting the fugitives to death even if they were finally conquered would be but a poor recompense for the blow which might be given to the prosperity and wealth of the island all sorts of schemes were mooted by which the runaways could be beguiled into laying down their arms but no practicable plan could be hit upon in the meantime in the mountains the bands improved in drill and discipline they had now gained some confidence in themselves and gave themselves up heartily to the work portions of land too were turned up and yams and other fruit on a larger scale than had hitherto been attempted were planted a good supply of goats was obtained huts were erected and the lads determined that at least as long as the spaniards allowed it their lives should be made as comfortable as possible fugitive slaves from time to time joined the party but ned strongly discouraged any increase at present from this cause he was sure that were the spaniards to find that their runaways were sheltered there and that a general desertion of their slaves might take place they would be obliged in self-defence to root out this formidable organization in their midst therefore emissaries were sent out among the negroes stating that none would be received in the mountains save those who had previously asked permission this being only accorded in cases where such extreme brutality and cruelty had been exercised by the masters as would wholly justify the flight of the slave for some months a sort of truce was maintained between the spaniards and this little army in the woods the blacks observed the promises which ned had made with great fidelity the planters found that no depredations took place and that the desertions among their slaves were no more numerous than before and had it depended solely upon them no further measures would have been taken 
the case however was different among the military part in the island to them the failure of the expedition into the forest and the burning of the governor's house were matters which seriously affected their pride defeat by english buccaneers they were accustomed to and regarding the english at sea as a species of demon against whom human bravery availed little they were slightly touched by it but that they should be defied by a set of runaway slaves and of natives whom they had formerly regarded with contempt was a blow to their pride quietly and without ostentation troops were drafted into the island from the neighboring posts until a formidable force had been gathered there the foresters had now plenty of means of communication with the negroes who regarded them as saviors to whom they could look for rescue and shelter in case of their master's cruelty and were always ready to send messengers up into the forest with news of every occurrence which took place under their observation the grown-up slaves of course could not leave the plantation but there were numbers of fleet-footed lads who after nightfall could be dispatched from the huts into the mountains and return before daylight while even should they remain until the next night they would attract no attention by their absence thus then ned and gerald learned that a formidable body of spaniards were being collected quietly in the town and every effort was made to meet the coming storm the various gorges were blocked with high barricades difficult parts of the mountain were with great labor scarped so as to render the advance of an armed force difficult in the extreme great piles of stones were collected to roll down into the ravines and provisions of yams sweet potatoes and other food were stored up the last stronghold had after great debate been fixed upon at a point in the heart of one of the hills this was singularly well adapted for defence the hill itself was extremely precipitous on all sides on one side it fell sheer down a goat track ran along the face of this precipice to a point where the hill fell back forming a sort of semicircular arena on the very face of the precipice this plateau was some two acres in extent here quantities of forage were heaped up in readiness for the food of such animals as might be driven in there the track itself was with great labor widened platforms of wood being placed at the narrow points and steps were cut in the hill behind the plateau to enable them should their stronghold be stormed to escape at the last moment up the hilltop above in most places the cliff behind the plateau rose so steeply as to almost overhang the foot and in these were so many gaps and crevices in which a considerable number of people could take shelter so as to avoid stones and other missiles hurled down from above at one point in particular the precipice overhung and under this a strong erection of trunks of trees was made this was for the animals to be placed in the heavy roof was amply sufficient to keep out any bullet shots while from its position no masses of rock could be dropped upon it it was not thought probable that the spaniards would harass them much from above for the ascent to the summit was everywhere extremely difficult and the hillside was perfectly bare and sloped so sharply upward from the edge of the precipitous cliff that it would be a difficult and dangerous task to descend so as to fire down into the arena and although every precaution had been taken it was felt that there was little fear of any attack from above at last all was in readiness as far as the efforts of those in the forest could avail a message was then sent in to the governor to the effect that the men of the forest desired to know for what purpose so many soldiers were being assembled in the island 
and that on a given day unless some of these were embarked and sent off they would consider that a war was being prepared against them and that the agreement that the outlaying settlements should be left intact was therefore invalid as the boys had anticipated the spaniards answered this massive by an instant movement forward and some four hundred men were reported as moving out towards the hills this the boys were prepared for and simultaneously with the movement of the whole band divided into parties of six each of which had its fixed destination and instructions all being alike solemnly pledged to take no life in cold blood and to abstain from all unnecessary cruelties started quickly from the forest that night the spanish force halted near the edge of the forest but at midnight a general consternation seized the camp when from fifty different points flames were seen suddenly to rise on the plain furious at this misfortune the general in command put his cavalry in motion and scoured the country only to find however that the whole of the haciendas of the spanish proprietors were in flames and that fire had been applied to all the standing crops everywhere he heard the same tale that those who had resisted had been killed that no harm had been inflicted upon defenceless persons this was so new a feature in troubles with the negroes that the spaniards could not but be surprised and filled with admiration at conduct so different to that to which they were accustomed the sight of the tremendous destruction of property however roused them to fury and this was still further heightened when towards morning a great burst of flame in the city proclaimed that the negroes had fallen upon the town while the greater portion of its defenders were withdrawn this was indeed a masterly stroke on the part of the boys they knew that even deducting those who had set forth there would still be an amply sufficient force in the city to defeat and crush their band but they thought that by a quick stroke they might succeed in inflicting a heavy blow upon them each of the bands therefore had instructions after doing his allotted share of incendiarism to make for the town and to meet at a certain point outside it then quietly and noiselessly they had entered one party fell upon the armory and another attacked with fury the governor's house the guards there were as had happened with his residence in the country cut down fire was applied in a dozen places and before the astonished troops and inhabitants could rally from the different parts of the town the negroes were again in the country having fulfilled their object and carried off with them a large additional stock of arms before the cavalry from the front could arrive they were again far in the country and making a long detour gained their fastness having struck a terrible blow with the cost to themselves of only some eight or ten lives it was a singular sight as they looked out in the morning from their hilltops great masses of smoke extended over the whole country for although most of the dwellings were by this time leveled to the ground for built of the lightest construction they offered but little resistance to the flames from the fields of maize and cane clouds of smoke were still rising as the conflagration spread and at one stroke the whole agricultural wealth of the island was destroyed the boys regretted that this should necessarily be the case but they felt that it was now war to the knife between the spaniards and them and that such a defeat would be beneficial this indeed was the case for the commander drew back his troops to the town in order to make fresh arrangements before venturing upon an attack on foes who showed themselves possessed of such desperate determination another six weeks elapsed indeed before a forward movement was again commenced and in that time considerable acquisitions of force were obtained 
strong as the bands felt themselves they could not be but alarmed at the thought of the tremendous storm gathering to burst over their heads the woman had long since been sent away to small native villages existing on the other side of the island and living at peace with their neighbors thither ned also dispatched several of the party whom he believed to be either wanting in courage or whose constancy he somewhat doubted a traitor now would be the destruction of the party and it was certain that any negro deserting to the enemy and offering to act as their guide to the various strongholds of the defenders would receive immense rewards thus it was imperative that every man of whose fidelity and constancy the least doubt was entertained should be carefully sent out of the way of temptation all the band were indeed pledged by a most solemn oath and death by torture was the penalty awarded for any act of treachery the greater portion of the force were now provided with european arms the negroes had musketoons and arquebuses the natives still retained the bow while all had pikes and spears they were undefended by protective armor and in this respect the spaniards had a great advantage in the fight but as the boys pointed out this advantage was more than counterbalanced by the extra facility of movement on the part of the natives who could scale rocks and climb hills absolutely inaccessible to their heavily armed and weighty opponents the scouts who had been stationed on the lookout at the edge of the forest brought word that the spaniards nigh fifteen hundred strong had divided in six bodies and were marching so as to enter the forest from six different and nearly equidistant points each band was accompanied by bloodhounds and a large number of other fierce dogs of the wolfhound breed which the spaniards had imported for the purpose of attacking negroes in their hiding places of these animals the negroes had the greatest dread and even the bravest who were ready to match themselves against armed spaniards yet trembled at the thought of the encounter with these ferocious animals it was clear that no repetition of the tactics formerly pursued would be possible for if any attempt at night attacks were made the dogs would rush out and attack them and not only prove formidable enemies themselves but guide the spaniards to the places where they were stationed ned and gerald would fain have persuaded the natives that the dogs after all however formidable they might appear were easily mastered by well-armed men and that any dog rushing to attack them would be pierced with spears and arrows to say nothing of being shot by the arquebuses before he could seize any of them the negroes however had known so many cases in which fugitives had been horribly torn and indeed frequently killed by these ferocious animals that the dread of them was too great for them to listen to the boys explanations the latter seeing that it would be useless to attempt to overcome their fears on this ground abstained from the attempt it had been agreed that in the event of the spaniards advancing from different quarters one column only should be selected for a main attack and that while the others should be harassed by small parties who should cast down rocks upon them while passing through the gorges and so inflict as much damage as possible no attempt would be made to strike any serious blow upon them the column selected for attack was naturally that whose path led through the points which had been most strongly prepared and fortified this band mustered about three hundred and was clearly too strong to be attacked in open fight by the forest bands gerald and ned had already talked the matter over in every light and decided that a purely defensive fight must be maintained each place where preparations had been made being held to the last and a rapid retreat beaten to the next barricade the spaniards advanced in heavy column at distances of a hundred yards on each side marched a body of fifty in compact mass thereby sheltering the main body from any sudden attack 
the first point at which the lads had determined to make a stand was the mouth of a gorge here steep rocks rose perpendicularly from the ground running almost like a wall along that portion of the forest in the midst of this was a cleft through which a little stream ran it was here that the boys had made preparations the point could not be turned without a long and difficult march along the face of the cliff and on the summit of this sixty men divided into two parties one at each side of the fissure were stationed the spaniards advanced until they nearly reached the mouth of the ravine it must be remembered that although the forest was very thick and the vegetation luxuriant yet there were paths here and there made by the constant passing to and fro of the occupants of the wood their main direction acted as a guide to the spaniards and the hounds by their sniffing and eagerness acted as a guide to the advancing force they paused when they saw opening before them this entrance to the rocky gorge while they halted the increased eagerness of the dogs told them that they were now approaching the point where their foes were concealed and the prospect of an attack on so strong a position was formidable even to such a body a small party of thirty men was told off to advance and reconnoitre the position these were allowed to enter the gorge and to follow it for a distance of a hundred yards to a point where the sides were approached to their nearest point then from a parapet of rock piled across the ravine came a volley of musketry and simultaneously from the heights of either side great stones came crashing down such of the party as did not fall at the first discharge fired a volley at their invisible assailants and then hurried back to the main body it was now clear that fighting and that of a serious character was to be undertaken the spanish commander rapidly reconnoitred the position and saw that here at least no flanking movement was possible he therefore ordered his men to advance for a direct attack being more afraid of the stones from above than of the defenders of the ravine the spaniards prepared to advance in skirmishing order in that way they would be able to creep up to the barricade of rocks with the least loss to themselves from the fire of its defenders while the stones from above would prove far less dangerous than would be the case upon a solid column with great determination the spanish troops advanced to the attack as they neared the mouth of the gorge flights of arrows from above were poured down upon them and these were answered by their own musketeers and bowmen although the figures occasionally exposed above offered but a poor mark in comparison to that afforded by the column below the men on the ridge were entirely natives the boys having selected the negroes on whose courage at close quarters they could more thoroughly rely for the defence of the ravine the firearms in those days could scarcely be termed arms of precision the bell-mouthed arquebuses could carry a large and heavy charge but there was nothing like accuracy in their fire and although a steady fire was kept up from the barricade and many spaniards fell yet a larger number succeeded in making their way through the zone of fire by taking advantage of the rocks and bushes and these gathered near the foot of the barricade the stones which came crashing from above did serious damage among them but the real effect of these was more moral than physical the sound of the great masses of stone plunging down the hillside setting in motion numbers of small rocks as they came tearing down the bushes and small trees was exceedingly terrifying at first but as block after block dashed down doing comparatively little harm the spaniards became accustomed to them and keeping under the shelter of masses of rock to the last moment prepared all their energies for the attack the spanish commander found that the greater portion of his troop were within striking distance and he gave the command to those gathered near the barricade to spring forward to the attack the gorge at this point was some fifteen yards wide 
the barricade across it was thirty feet in height it was formed of blocks of stone of various sizes intermingled with which were sharp stakes with their points projecting lines of bushes and arms of trees piled outwards and the whole was covered loosely with sharp prickly creepers cut from the trees and heaped there a more difficult place to climb even without its being defended from above would be difficult to find the covering of thorny creepers hit the rocks below and at each step the soldiers put their feet into deep holes between the masses of rock and fell forward lacerating themselves horribly with the thorns or coming face downwards on one of the sharp pointed stakes but if without any resistance from above the feat of climbing this carefully prepared barricade was difficult it was terrible when from the ridge above a storm of bullets swept down it was only for a moment that the negroes exposed themselves in the act of firing behind the barricade was as level and smooth as it was difficult upon the outer side great steps some three feet wide had been prepared of wood so that the defenders could easily mount and standing in lines relieve each other as they fired the stones of the top series had been carefully chosen of a form so as to leave between each crevices through which the defenders could fire while scarcely exposing themselves to the enemy the spaniards behind endeavored to cover the advance of their comrades by keeping up a heavy fire at the summit of the barricade and several of the negroes were shot through the head in the act of firing their loss however was small in comparison to that of the assailants who strove in vain to climb up the thorny ascent their position being the more terrible inasmuch as the fire from the parties on the rocks above never ceased and the stones kept up a sort of bombardment on those in the ravine even the fierce dogs could with difficulty climb the thorn-covered barriers and those who reached the top were instantly shot or stabbed at last after suffering very considerable loss the spanish commander drew off his soldiers and a wild yell of triumph rose from the negroes the combat however had as the boys were aware scarcely begun and they now waited to see what the next effort of the spaniards would be it was an hour before the latter again advanced to the attack this time the troops were carrying large bundles of dried grass and rushes and although again suffering heavily in the attack they piled these at the foot of the barricade and in another minute a flash of fire ran up the side the smoke and flame for a time separated the defenders from their foes and the fire ceased on both sides although those above never relaxed their efforts to harass the assailants as the spaniards had calculated the flame of the great heap of straw communicated with the creepers and burnt them up in fiery tongue and when the flames abated the rocks lay open and uncovered the spaniards now with renewed hopes advanced again to the attack and this time were able though with heavy loss to make their way up the barricade when they arrived within three or four feet of the top ned gave the word and a line of thirty powerful negroes each armed with a long pike suddenly arose and with a yell threw themselves over the edge and dashed down upon the spaniards the latter struggling to ascend with unsteady footing on the loose and uneven rocks were unable for an instant to defend themselves against this assault the negroes barefooted had no difficulty on the surface which proved so fatal to the spaniards and like the crest of a wave they swept their opponents headlong down the face of the barricade the heavily armed spaniards fell over each other those in front hurling those behind backwards in wild confusion and the first lines of negroes being succeeded by another armed with axes who completed the work which the first line had begun the slaughter for a minute was terrible 
for some thirty paces the negroes pursued their advantage and then at a loud shout from ned turned and with a celerity equal to that of their advance the whole were back over the barricade before the spaniards or rear could awaken from their surprise and scarcely a shot was fired as the dark figures bounded back into shelter this time the spanish officer drew back his men sullenly he felt that they had done all that could be expected of them upwards of sixty men had fallen it would be vain to ask them to make the assault again he knew too that by waiting the other columns would be gradually approaching and that on the morrow some method of getting in the enemy's rear would probably be discovered in the meantime he sent off fifty men on either flank to discover how far its rocky wall extended while trumpeters under strong guards were sent up to the hilltops in the rear and sounded the call lustily musketoons heavily charged so as to make as loud a report as possible were also fired to attract the attention of the other columns the boys were perfectly aware that they could not hope finally to defend this position they had however given the spaniards a very heavy lesson and the success of the defence had immensely raised the spirits and courage of their men the signal was therefore given for a retreat and in half an hour both the indians on the summit of the hill and the negroes behind the barricade had fallen back leaving only some half-dozen to keep the appearance of defence and to bring back tidings of the doings of the enemy while the rest hurried off to aid the detached parties to inflict heavy blows upon the other columns it was found that these were steadily approaching but had lost a good many men the reinforcements enabled the natives to make a more determined resistance and in one or two places the columns were effectually checked the reports when night fell were that the spaniards had altogether lost over two hundred men but that all their columns had advanced a considerable distance toward the centre of the forest and halted each as they stood and bivouacked keeping up huge fires and careful watches it formed no part however of the boys plan to attack them thus and when morning dawned the whole of the defenders each taking different paths as far as possible some even making greater circuits as to deceive the enemy were directed to make for the central fortress the intermediate positions several of which were as strong as the barricade which they had so well defended were abandoned and for the advance of other quarters rendered it impossible to hold these End of chapter eight